Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you. Um, please forgive me. This uh, this morning, over in here and I woke up to such a cold and yeah, and all that kind of disgusting stuff. So sorry if that comes through while I speak. Uh, not really the opportune moment, but you know, you can't really help it. Anyway, we're going to be in John chapter eight, and uh, wonderful privilege for us to look at the look at the scriptures and see what God has to say to us. And uh, today what I'll read is, I'll read from verse 28 of John chapter 8. I'll just read down to verse 37, and that'll be enough for us to consider this morning. So you can follow along with me if you have your Bibles. Verse 28. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I'm just stop there for today. Let's pray. Father, as we come to your word, we confess and recognize that unless you speak to us, we would not be able to understand and embrace the truth that are taught here. So Lord, we pray that you would send your spirit into the hearts of everyone here, helping us to understand and helping us to receive and to trust whatever it is that you are speaking to us. Bless us now in this way and speak to us, O Lord, for we long to hear from you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. So you know, we come to this interesting little section in the middle of Jesus' speaking to the Jews in, in, a, in a feast in Jerusalem. And, you know, he's talking all about how he is the light of the world and speaking about his authority previously in John chapter 8. And we get to really this interesting summary in verse 30, right in the middle of this chapter. And John the Gospel writer says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. Which for all of us, we would think, wow, that's wonderful. This is surely what Jesus came to do. He aimed at the faith of those whom He spoke to. He wanted them to believe in Him. And we would almost be tempted to think here in verse 30 that He's achieved this great aim, that people have believed in Him. Perhaps in some way they're talking amongst themselves saying, wow, this man is so filled with wisdom and He does miraculous things. He must be who He says He is. We believe in Him and we assent to Him. And we give our allegiance to Him. And yet from verse 31 down to verse 37, what we've just read this morning, Jesus intensifies His claim upon them. And He, he almost tests their heart and, and just makes sure that they really know what they're getting into. Make sure that they really have believed in Him the way that they ought to believe in Him. Because we see in verse 31, Jesus says, to the Jews who had believed Him. He says to them specifically. And He says, if you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples. 
with the implication that as you test yourselves, you may find that you are not truly my disciple. And he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Which is a wonderful, wonderful promise of freedom. But it implies that the Jews who had believed in him, they started off not being free. And the Jews, you can see, they were surprised to hear this. And they say to him, verse 33, they ask him with almost this incredulous tone. How can you say to us that we're going to be free? We are children of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anybody. You know, Abraham in Genesis, the one whom God had promised and made those wonderful promises that their offspring shall be as numerous as the seas. That through them all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, Abraham, this great patriarch, they were his descendants. And they said to Jesus, how can you say that we will be free? We're already free. We've not been enslaved to anybody or to anything. Which is in itself even superficially ironic because they are under Roman governance. But Jesus clarifies the kind of freedom that he's talking about in the next verse. And we might be wondering, what kind of freedom do you mean, Jesus? You know, what are you talking about? And Jesus says in verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you. Which when he says that, we pay attention. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Ah, Jesus makes clear when he talks about them needing freedom. He's talking to the Jews who had believed in him. He's talking about spiritual freedom from sin. Now, what is sin? You know, it's such an archaic religious word. And the Bible defines sin simply as a missing the mark of what God has called us to do. Of God our Creator. He calls us to live perfectly in love and in fellowship with Him and with others. And sin is anything that falls short of that. It is a breaking of the positive commandments of God. And it's a negative missing and not fulfilling what we ought to be doing. What God calls us to do. To love Him and to love one another. Sin is simply that. And the way that Jesus puts forward the condition of these Jews is absolutely astonishing when you consider that the Jews, the Jewish people, they were the ones who received the prophets and they received the Mosaic law. They received all the prior revelations of God in the Old Testament. They were a privileged people. Privileged beyond every other nation on earth. Because God specifically revealed His will to them. And Jesus can look at them in the eye and says, Everyone who practices sin, everyone who does sin, is a slave to sin. And as we read later on in chapter 8, this absolutely incensed the Jews. They were furious that Jesus could look at them in the eyes. The chosen people who had the law of God, who knew what God revealed. Jesus could look at them in the eyes and say, you are a slave to sin. And if the Jewish people with all their privileges can be thought to be slaves of sin, how much more Gentile people, non-Jewish people, all those whom God had not previously dealt with and revealed things to, 
how much more so then are slaves to sin? I mean, in fact, when you take verse 34 and just understand it generally, which is exactly how Jesus meant it, he says, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And as it were, Jesus this morning through His Word can look at every one of you in the eyes and say to you, you are a slave to sin. That's the condition that Jesus diagnoses you with. Slavery to sin. Shackled to the things that does not please God. Enslaved to do that which opposes God and to miss the mark of what God calls us to do. That's Jesus' diagnosis of everybody who practices sin. And we know we practice sin. We don't do the things that God has called us to do. We break God's law all the time. See, it's not just merely humanity has often sometimes, maybe here and there, done something wrong and sinned. And occasionally, Humanity has transgressed and broken God's laws. It's not just merely occasional breakings of God's law. Jesus says, everyone is a slave to sin. We've not done anything except sin. The whole of our lives can be summarized as sinning against God. Now, why does Jesus make this such a point? That those who believed in Him, He looks at them and says, Don't you know that you are a slave to sin? Why does God speak to us this morning as it were and emphatically tell us you are a slave to sin because you practice sin, you live in sin. Why is it so important for a slave to know they are in slavery? Well, very simply, slaves need to be set free. They need to be rescued. And we know even in our recent history with America, the, the terrible slavery that went on, the terrible injustice. And we thank God for how He inspired William, um, William Wilberforce to, to start that movement to set free these who were committed to slavery. Because we know that slaves need to be set free. And God is in the business of setting slaves free. But unless a slave knows that he is shackled, unless he knows that he is a slave, when the doors fling open, they won't go anywhere. Because they don't think that they need to be rescued. And Jesus tells us that we are slaves to sin so that we desperately feel our need to be set free. Do you feel that need for you? Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. We need to be set free. And no wonder then Jesus he tells us, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And there in verse 36, as he says, the Son setting free, it's a repetition of verse 32. The truth will set you free. And we see the comparison. Truth incarnate is the Son. Jesus Himself sets free from sin. He is that Savior that we need. But you know with slavery, there's a cost that must be paid in order for a slave to be set free. There's a redemption price. 
And even there in New Testament times, when somebody fell on financial hardship, they would sell themselves into slavery so that they could earn back the money to pay back their debts. And so if somebody wanted to rescue them from that slavery, perhaps a, a family member or a friend, they had to pay off their debts in order to set them free. And our slavery to sin is not a debt that can be so easily cleared. What does it cost for us to be slaves of sin? Paul says it so clearly in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus here even says in verse 35, The slave does not remain forever in the house. In the house of God where eternal blessings reside, slaves cannot stay there. Slaves will not reside in that house. They will be cast out when the time comes. Slaves will not inherit life, but they will, they will face death. That is what slavery to sin earns us. The wages of sin is death. And if that is the position that we are in as slaves to sin, shackled to death, we are headed towards destruction. We need to be free. Where will you find someone to pay that price for you? Because of your slavery to sin, your practice of sin against God Almighty, death is the right wages that you deserve. Who will you find to pay that cost for you? Will your spouse die for you in order to set you free? Can you find a friend who loves you so much that they would die for you so that you could be free? Where will you find someone to pay that cost of food? We read in the scriptures, for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God sent his own son to pay that cost of our slavery so that we could be set free. This record of debt that we had, the law and its legal demands that we be put to death. God has cancelled that debt by nailing it to the cross in His Son. That's what Colossians 2.14 tells us. God has cancelled the debt by nailing it to the cross in His Son. Jesus is that one who loves you enough to pay for your cost of slavery. He went to the cross not for his own sins, but for the sins of his people. That cost of slavery which had to be paid in order for freedom to be a reality, Jesus paid for you. That's the love that he has towards us. That God in His love sent His Son. That the Son in His love says, I'm willing to go. And the Holy Spirit in His love was willing to empower Him. And three days later, raise Him from the grave. God is willing to set us free. The Son sets us free. And we can only thank God and praise Him 
and his infinite love and mercy that he was willing to set slaves free. Have you considered how, how unbelievably amazing that the Son, the Son who is inheriting all that the Father has, He remains in the house forever. The Son became a slave so that slaves could become sons, could become heirs of God. That is what Jesus came to this world to do, to set us or slaves to sin, to set us free. But you know, Jesus, as we close to consider this, there's something that we need to think about to make sure that we know the truth, to make sure that we have been set free by the truth. And it's there again in verse 31. Jesus said to them, If you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How can we know that we have truly been rescued by Jesus? That we have been set free from sin by God. Set free from the result of sin. Had our shackles broken. And set free from the dominion of sin. How can we know, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he says it again in verse 37. He says, you seek to kill me to the Jews who do not believe him because my word finds no place in you. Which is the other way of looking at it. Jesus' word doesn't find a place within my heart. Do I in my heart hold on to his word? Abide in his word? That is the question. That is how we can know whether we have truly been set free. And this abiding, this dwelling with, simply means to hold on to every word of Christ and trust in His word with all of your heart. And if you abide in His word, if you trust in His word, if you hold on to His words, your hands are clenched and you will not let go from His words of life. If you abide in His word, you will know the truth. You will be free from sin. That's Jesus' promise. Verse 31, verse 32 doesn't say you might know the truth. You might be set free. There's a little hope for you. Jesus sets free those who has a place in their heart for His Word. They will be set free from the shackles of sin. That is Jesus' great and precious promise to every person who is a slave to sin. Every one of you, there is freedom in Christ. Do you trust in His every word? Do you hold on to everything that Christ has given to us, that the Spirit of Christ has revealed through the prophets and the apostles here in this world, do you believe? And does His Word find a place in your heart? When you read and hear the words of God that Jesus says to you, you are a slave to sin and you need rescue, do you find in your heart, yes, that's true, I need to hold on to that Word? Or are you like the Jewish people who buckled against Him, and says, how dare you say we are not free 
And as we read at the end of chapter 8, they tried to kill him. And eventually, they were successful by the sovereign plan of God. Why? Because their heart did not love God. And Jesus' word found no place in them. Does Jesus' word find a place in your heart this morning? Do you abide in His word? You must see the importance of this. Because apart from the Son setting us free, we will remain as slaves. We will not inherit the kingdom of God. We will, as Jesus says in verse 24 of this chapter, we will die in our sins. And there is nothing more terrible than to die unforgiven and to face God in our sins. Hold on to Jesus' word. You know, if you're not a Christian this morning, come to Him this morning and believe in every one of His promises. Believe in His word. He will set you free. Trust in Him now. Why wait? Trust in Him this morning and be set free from sin. Believe in Him. Let's pray now. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank You so much for Your Word that You've given to us. We thank You so much for the infinitely precious promise that the Lord Jesus gives to everyone who is a slave to sin. He has paid the price and He gives this promise that if we would hold on to His words, abide in His word, if His word finds a place in our heart, we will know the truth. We will know Him, the Son, and we will be set free from sin. Set free from all the terrible wages of sin. Oh Lord, would You be so merciful to every soul here in this hall? Open our hearts, Lord, to your word. And if there is no place found in our hearts for your word, make that place in our hearts, O Lord. Change our hearts so that we embrace your word and come to be rescued, which is what we so desperately need. Lord, be merciful to every one of us. Rescue us to yourself. Save us, Lord, from the slavery that we are in. Rescue us. May all that be done to the praise of your glory the praise of your name. Bless us, Lord. We pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name.